All right, welcome back to another edition of Sound the Sirens. I'm your host, Thomas Ornis, and today I'm joined with my dad, as usual, Craig. How we doing, guys? We get the honor to interview my favorite player, one of my favorite players, yeah. probably him and Jake Sullivan at Iowa State, and we go over a lot of uh, stuff overseas, and it's like it was a interview that I thought I didn't know that he brought a lot of stories, right, and yeah. different perspective from overseas, and it's just a... Uh, crazy how different world it is over there and he's just a great great dude and he's just the best like he's just a small town guy just like a lot of iowa a lot of islands and yeah it's just uh he is yeah he is he has never had a bad day he is just a positive human being always smiling always having fun um he's got some great european highlights if you ever want to go to youtube uh we were lucky to have this guy he gave us so many highlights and is such a quality dude that uh you're going to be shocked by a couple of the stories that he tells of what he's dealt with over in europe um which will put life in perspective for you a little bit but uh um yeah that was a lot of fun and i would i could spend i could have spent another two hours talking to him he was uh he's just just a good good dude so yeah we just uh just want to do a pre-roll before and uh yeah i think you guys will enjoy this one because he, he he's a great speaker and tells a lot of, he's a great storyteller and uh yeah well let's get to, let's get to it pfizer in traffic takes it in and stops it over man oh what a move by marcus pfizer the lob on the floor for the loose ball. Hunter comes away with it. Tyrese Hunter on a run out. Stuffed it with the right hand. Listen to this crowd. Timeout, Iowa. Well, I appreciate you coming on. We've been looking forward to this because it seems like yesterday you were in my house and we had lunch at one time and you were working camp and um, I've still got a, kids that have pictures of you with them up on their wall in their room, so that was a lot of fun back then. But um, I know there's yeah, a lot of there's a lot of people out there that don't know probably as much about you as we do. Um, you know, you came from Stringtown, right? Stringtown, Oklahoma. Yes, sir. And you graduated yep. with how many in high school? Twenty five. Twenty three. Twenty three. And so you had uh, <laughs> five, five, five of your. All, if you're, if I remember right, all five starters in your high school team went D one. Am I right? Yes, correct. Yes, that's insane. So where else? Who were your yeah. teammates? Where did they go? Um, one, his name was Preston Brown. He went to Sam Houston State University. Uh, Orlando Brown, his brother, went to Cal State Fullerton in California. And James Watson played at Kansas State. C.J. Washington played at OU. Or I played at Iowa State. So you started at JUCO, right? Somewhere in Kansas, right? Yeah, I started at uh, Cali County Community College. Um, I went two years there. I was an All-American. Broke a couple records, and uh, and now I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame actually this summer. Oh, you are going to do it for me. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, just uh, have you been watching it? Like you saw the when Fred left, and have you been looking at Iowa State at all this no. year? 
Um, I have a little bit, you know. Um, I, I now I'm keeping up more because you know I know TJ and TJ was assistant coach there and everything. You know, all those guys were were new a couple years ago. I don't really uh, I keep up with them, but I couldn't tell you the players and things like that because of the time difference over here. When I'm sleeping, they're playing. You know, it's it's a little yeah. it's a little hard to uh, keep up, but I keep up with the stats and everything, and I see that uh, TJ is up there doing a good job. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, I was going back to watching your highlights. It's just like, man, the pl- style of play we're playing now, like the players we have now, the, you can't really shoot like half as what we you can. And just like it's just like, yeah, the way we're winning now is just complete opposite of we were winning back then. And uh, it was a fun time back then. And uh, oh was, yeah, it was an exciting team, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Like there was a lot of exciting times, and you have a lot of just heartbreaking games that just went wrong the wrong way <laughs> and like that one like your senior year yeah it was just brutal like just one possession games it was it was and uh the, yeah and the refs robbed us from the most like one of the most rewatchable Iowa State games ever like when those all gold when George got pummeled and they didn't call anything and uh Elijah Johnson just decided to go off in the hour uh, overtime and our whole family is there, and we were just like, that was just brutal. Yeah, that was that was a that was a tough game all the way through. I mean, both teams were fighting to the end. You know, we were young, a lot of energy, <laughs> younger. I mean, <laughs> but um, <laughs> young, young is all relative, Tyrus. So, <laughs> so and you know, it's it's been exciting actually getting to play against some of them. Uh, over here as well. Um, I talk to Boo Boo Palo a lot. Um, I know I'm playing against Chris Babb since I'm here in Israel. We're in the same league. I think he's up the next couple of games who I'll play. He's still got the long hair. I saw a picture of him on social media. I still – who? oh, Chris Babb? Chris, yes. yeah. Yes. yes, 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 yes. He uh, he has long hair. You know, I actually haven't seen him since his long hair. Oh, yeah. It's been about three years since I've seen him, so I'm going to oh, get wow. to see him this year. Yeah. So, uh, so what? Let's just uh, Cycle Nation hasn't really heard from you for a while. So let's just uh, catch him up from. It's almost been what ten years almost now since you played. Getting close to ten years. So let's just yeah. just catch Cycle Nation yeah. up to what you've been up to since then. So um, I left. I left Iowa State, graduated, and went to Spain. Uh, played for a team called Briogan. Uh, that's in the ACB. Had a good season there. And then, you know, in that, that time in the summer, um, I had went to uh, Chicago Bulls for uh, the, the summer league. And that's when Coach Fred had uh, uh, got the job opportunity with the Bulls. So he brought me up. That was a fun time in the summer. And then I went to Germany, um, left Germany in the season. Team was doing bad uh, my second year. And then I finished the, the rest of the season in Italy. And then uh, next year, I started uh, playing for another team in Italy called Cremona. Uh, very successful season. I played with uh, Elson Turner, who was on my team um, from uh, Texas A&M. Um, me and him had a g- great season. Deron Washington, who went to uh, Virginia Tech, I believe. He's a much older guy. Uh, you know, he was he was making highlights before the highlights was on social media. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we had a great team, and then that next year, I went to Venice, Italy, played with Melvin Edgem. Uh, we won the championship together. 
Um, it was an amazing time. We had a good year that year. He got MVP of the championship. And then um, after that, I went to uh, Turkey. I went to France. I went to France and played for Elon Bolognese. Uh, so a city called Po in uh, France is like uh, in the southwest area um, where they race the F1, F1 cars and all that stuff oh, yeah, over there yeah. in France. Uh, it's a very green area. Um, after that season, <clears throat> I went to Turkey and I was on a team for about four months. They stopped paying the players within two months. You know, I was being patient. And then I realized that that basically didn't happen. So, you know, that's how things go over here. And uh, so you have to be careful what teams you go to. They try to bribe you to get over there. You know, it's just, and it's business, man. It's business as you, after you look, think about it and see all the stuff that goes on with it. Um, so I left there and um, I went to Sardinia Sassari, back to Italy uh, on the island in Italy called Sardinia. And uh, I had a very successful season, uh, played against uh, uh, or my teammate was uh, Jack Cooley. He pl- played at Notre Dame. We played them my senior year. Yeah, we just watched those highlights too. Yeah, absolutely cooked them. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was uh, he was he was my big man and uh Played with another kid from Oklahoma, uh, much younger than me. He's very good. And we had a very successful season. Uh, we won about, I want to say, 24 games in a row, the longest in Europe history. Oh, wow. And um, I think when I arrived there in January, we won every game. We won the European Championship, and we made it to game one of the finals in the Italian League Championship, but we lost the first game, and that was the first game we lost from January till June. Oh my! <laughs> was that the year when you had that crazy dunk that was on Sports Center all over the place? Was that uh, that year? Uh, the yes, that was the recent one, okay. and then I had one. Um, uh, I want to say in Venice. No. Okay, no, I'm I'm confused now. Sasser, you're right. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. How did I forget that? <laughs> um, yes, and that was uh, a big dunk that made ESPN number one, you know. And a little story about that is uh, a couple of days before that, we were all in practice, you know, getting ready for this game, preparing. And the guys on the team was like, man, uh, we heard you could jump, but we haven't seen anything. And I was like, well, look, I don't I don't dunk in warm-ups. You know, I'm just like a – I'm I'm like a Harrison Barnes, Westbrook type of guy. You know, I can dunk in the game, but not warm-ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then I had that opportunity and uh, showed my teammates that I can still jump a little bit. It was an amazing time. Um, I didn't think it was going to make ESPN number one, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of guys on my team was like, for sure, that's going to be ESPN number one. You know, and I was like, okay, we're going to see. And then the next day, boom, you know, everybody heard about it. It was a good time. Uh, it was a good moment for the team as well. So yeah. you've been and all so over after, the place, man. It's crazy. You've been yeah, all- and so after Sassari, um, I came to Israel. And um, last that was last year. So um, had a really, really great season. Uh, finished third in the Israeli League, the Winners League here. And um, we made it to the final eight of the Champions League, the European competition. Um, it was, yeah, the first game. I, I dunk on the guy that which went viral as well. Uh, and uh, I end up landing on my right arm, cracking the, the head of radius in my elbow. So 
that game was over for me. And then I didn't get to play uh, the rest of the season in Israel. Oh, wow. Dang. I mean, if I you if you did that, the one and, that I saw, the one of the two that went viral, if you did that in Hilton, I mean, that would have been exploded. <laughs> it would have been on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you, did you have any yeah. dunks when you played at Iowa State? Because yeah. I know you were you were just hovering around the three point line. I mean, Bab yeah, didn't have I a ton a couple, either. No, I had a couple of dunks, but it wasn't nothing like uh, the ones I've done here recently. Yeah, it was uh, just wa- rewatching the Kansas game where you just were on fire, and like it was just what what I love about it is like when even when you touch the ball, the crowd standing up ready to cheer before you even shoot it. It's just like. Yep, yep. I miss those days, man. You don't get that much over here anymore. <laughs> so I, I remember when you came to our camp, I asked you this question. I said, before you came to Iowa State, how many people asked you for your autograph? And you said zero. And then that day, zero. you walk into this gym and all these little kids are going bananas because it was, you know, you were kind of at the peak of what was going on at Iowa State. And, um, you know, that moment, I think everybody learns at that moment in time where, you kind of walk on water for a little while is is kind of short. It's kind of short lived. You know what I mean? I mean, I still think you'd have a yeah. lot because you haven't been around much. So I think if you walked into Hilton, everybody would go bananas because you just haven't they haven't seen you there. Kind of like Jamal Tinsley. Jamal Tinsley hasn't been back to Hilton yet. I don't think. Yeah, not during a game, but he yeah. came back for like a anniversary. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, the last time I went back was I'm gonna say two years ago. Were you and, at a game? Um, it was. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I've been back. I've been back once since uh i've been out um every summer i play in that tbt tournament so right. some of those guys i get to see you know they're around and stuff like that but um yeah i really had enjoyed the time at iowa state uh when i was there that summer uh we went golfing it was it was a whole bunch of the older guys who played there we played five on five pickup and we did a lot of things together it was it was a good time so how many guys off of your team are still playing over there um Besides Bab, anybody else? You know, it's Corey. Uh, uh, Will Will Clyburn. No, Corey's a uh, a teacher. Oh, he is. Now. yeah, yeah. Um, Will Clyburn plays for Chesco Moscow. It's the best team in Europe. Oh. <laughs> they're they're the highest level basketball team. Um, it's like the NBA of Europe over here. Um, Will's made it to the final four of the uh, Euro League and got MVP a couple years ago. Uh, he's doing very good. Uh, we were we were pretty close to being teammates before I signed back with his team. Uh, you know, his coach was uh, reached out to me and everything. I talked to him and all that, but they went a, they went a different direction. So you know, I came back I came back here because it was more comfortable for me because these fans are very very supportive here. So you know, I rather just finish the season somewhere I know what's going on before I jump on another team and um, you know don't know what's going on half the season. So like. You're playing overseas. Like, how is it different than from like college and like JUCO compared? Comparably, is it way different? Man, it's way different. Um, over here, you have to play team basketball. It's um, you know, as American growing up kids, we all taught to do everything one on one. You know, we go outside and and play one on one, and you do everything individual basically if you want to be good. Here, it's more of a team. They're gonna get a group of guys and bring them in the gym. And learn how to move the ball, pass the ball, you know, be in the right spots and stuff like that. They don't really teach you uh, skill wise. They teach you like the game of basketball. Um, it's 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 a lot harder to score in Europe than it is the NBA. Um, I think a lot of guys who've came from the NBA and came over here can tell you like right now or since I've been in Europe, there's a lot of guys who struggle in Europe 
when they come from the NBA, because in Europe, you know, you got help defense. You're not just going to get the lane. And once you pass your defender, everything's going to be open. No way. Somebody's coming. So you have to watch it, you know, and, and it's, it's completely different style and everything. Like you got flopping, you got a lot of stuff like that. Uh, I see that the NBA has cleared that up a little bit and, uh, and things like that. But, um, Kids, like you can start playing professional basketball at the age of 15 if you're good enough. Um, they don't they they finish high school and but most of them do not get a degree and go to college. They don't have that type of stuff. They have it, but it's just just for like uh, educational. Well, of course, educational, but for really just if you want to be something else besides a basketball player, they don't have a university that has basketball. They just have universities. Uh, but most of the Europeans, most of them that I've known. Uh, they don't go to they don't get a degree or anything or play basketball while studying. They just play professional, you know, and see what happens after that. You know, they don't have, I don't really think they have a plan B or whatever. But if you're a great player, you can always find a job somewhere after. But um, the living is completely different. Um, it's uh, I think I can tell you that the food over here is way more healthy than the food we eat in the States um i can agree with that 100 my wife is european she's romanian so you know i learned a lot from her uh we've been together for five years uh we got married last summer um today's actually her birthday oh, she's wow. in romania with, yeah and so she's uh in romania with her family they're about to go to the mountains and snowboarding and do all that stuff and i have to be here to work so you know i miss all the fun um but uh food wise back to that um you know, I learned fast. When I first got to Europe, I was in Spain. I got a, I bought some milk, put it in my refrigerator, you know, thinking it's going to be good for like a week, you know, or, or a week and a half. Because, you know, in the States, it, it goes for what, a week and a half, maybe? Right, I don't yeah. know. Um, wow. It's been a while. So here you got, you got two, you got one to five days or not one, but you got about five days max. And, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta get rid of that milk. It's gonna spoil. You know what I mean? Um, the fruit's very fresh uh, here in Israel. As a matter of fact, it's probably the the most freshest fruit that I've ever tried in my entire life. It's it's like really fresh. Wow. Uh, yeah, but I can say that pros and cons. Of course, America has everything that you need and want. Uh, but you know. Um, Here's uh, it's a lot different lifestyles of different countries. I'm I'm not in Europe, you know. Uh, so, but in Europe, you know, you got a lot of family oriented people. When it's someone's birthday, for example, my wife's uh, mother's birthday was five days ago, and she had thirty five people at her birthday just to be there to to tell you happy birthday and you know celebrating and things like that. And that's what the Romanians do. And Italy is like, oh, it's a little different. You know, you t go out with your friends instead of they come to your house and do things like that. Um, but yeah, so if it's my birthday, I have to treat everyone. That's how you do it. You uh, treat? So like, they don't pay for you? No, ain't no paying for me. I'm the birthday guy. <laughs> I got to give it to them. I learned. <laughs> so, you know, I had a, I've had to buy pizza every year for the team or something I choose. You know, usually my wife, she, she's a very good cook. She has a food blog. So usually she makes stuff for the team and everything instead of just eating pizza, you know, consistently, because that's all we do, you know, uh, over here is eat pizza, especially on road games for basketball players. So you get, you keep posting on Twitter, drink more water. 
over and over. Yes, so where, so where's that coming from? Over and over. Is that just because you had a bad soda habit back in the day or what? No, um, you know, uh, I started really focusing on water, drinking a lot of water when I played in Sassery. Because uh, when I played in Sassery, the company that represented us was the number one water company in the world at the time. Oh, okay. Uh, the best in the world. It wasn't even an American company. It was an Italian company, and America's voted as the best, the best one. So I, I did my research on it, you know, different types of water, tap water, all this type of stuff stuff and i could tell the difference so you know um but i think i think it's important for people to drink water like even before you go to bed uh when you wake up uh while you're doing whatever you're doing during the day it's important uh, my wife is a big health fanatic so i learned i learned from her you know she's she's taught me a lot but um as an athlete you know we need to drink water so i think uh, obviously i have a lot of fans that follow me but i think the athletes need to hear it too so you know uh, and the young kids and, and everything like that. What's your biggest, you talked about diet and that's kind of something I've gotten into in the last five or six years, just longevity stuff and all that. What's the biggest change you've made from when you lived in the United States to going over there in the way you handle your diet? Um, well, Besides in the water. States, you know, in the state, I learned when my second year in Germany. So my coach was American. He's from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, he spoke German fully and all this. So, when I came there, man, I was buff. I was huge. You know, I was off the college mode, you know, and uh, and the guy was like, hey, you know, he was like, you don't have to cut down your weight. Like, uh, we need you more slim. We don't need you bulky. We want you slim so you can be faster, stronger, uh, you know, stuff like that. And I realized, like, oh, man, I got to change my diet. You know, I was more just doing the American way. And, you know, and I, I didn't really I didn't know I was going to be in my future of basketball, you know, so I was like, I'm going to do it the European way. I see myself coming back to Europe these next years. So I'm going to do it their way. So it was just I mean, eating real healthy um, and just just making sure you 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 feed your body the right things. You know, um, I don't eat McDonald's like that. I don't even touch McDonald's. Um, I I went and bought my wife some McDonald's because she's pregnant. She's craving for some McDonald's and she doesn't even eat it that much. So she wanted the <laughs> French fries. So, Hey, I had to go get them. <laughs> and, uh, but no, um, I, I, like I said before, I learned a lot from my wife. So, you know, um, she has a food blog and she always feed me healthy things. Uh, even when we're just sitting around the house, she goes, cuts up some oranges and, and apples and, you know, and grapes. And we just chow down on that, you know, um, I think I think um, that's really the main thing. Just do simple things and the little things. It don't have to be nothing big. Just the little things. The way the way you're talking is like it sounds like you're never coming back here. The way you talk about the place over there, so you must <laughs> like it over there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm actually working on a uh, Romanian passport. Um, so this year, each country is different on rules. So your Italian league basketball, you allow six corners on a team six and five or sometimes six and six, six domestic, uh, six uh, locals and, and six foreigners. In Spain, you only consider to have two people you can use on visa. But if someone has a passport, they can be on the team as a local because they're European if they get a European passport. So this year, I was lucky with this, the Spanish team I was with. Um, I'm married to a Romanian woman, so which is um, the European Union. 
And uh, in Spain, if you're married, if you're American and you're married to someone that's European, you'll be considered as an EU citizen of oh. Spain. So you won't be using, you won't be on paper as American citizen. I'd be a European citizen. They give me an ID. I can travel anywhere in Europe just with the ID without my passport. It's just like in the States as a citizen of the United States, you just, you know, so um, the passport work a lot in, in Europe. Um, and, you know, it gives you more money, better opportunity, longer. Your, it, it makes your career longer, things like that. Um, so, you know, and right now, um, I've, I've talked to the Romanian national team coach, the GM. The GM is a player right now. He's about to retire next year, at this year. He's like 37. His mom is uh, the president, the vice president of the Romanian Federation of Basketball. So he knew me. And plus, you know, because some players try to get passports just to get passports so they can get better. But I'm actually rom- married to a Romanian woman. So obviously, you know, I would like to live in Romania you know, and things like that. We're, we're about to have a little girl in June. Congratulations. So I'm about to be a father. Oh, wow. I can't wait. That'll change, can't wait. That'll change things for you real fast. Trust me. Oh, yeah, for sure. For so sure. Do you, will you have dual citizenship then? Yeah, only only in Spain. I have not gotten my Romanian passport. Once I get the Romanian passport, I can go anywhere in Europe with no problem and be considered Romanian instead be- of American. I Will you still have an American citizenship though, or no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have dual. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So, so um, this is personally, you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to. But um, do you okay. have to pay American taxes then too? Yeah. You kidding? So I you don't have to, to pay European and American taxes, do you? No, no. What it is, you just got to pay a little small fee because the team here, they they already paying you and filing the taxes here. Oh. You just got to get the papers and then you know give them to the people in the states to show that you have a job because obviously. This much money coming into your account, they're like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Right, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So let's talk. Can yeah. we talk a little more about your Iowa State days? Because I know that's what people remember. I mean, I remember when you came off some screens, when you stuck your feet in the right position, and I remember you. He, I don't know, you were what sophomore in high school, maybe yeah, when he, there, when, yeah. when we had camp, and you gave him one tip that completely changed his shot. Um, back then, he ended up setting our our uh, career record for threes at our local high school, and I remember just the way you would be able to come off of a screen and get set. To me, it sometimes didn't look like you even saw the rim till you elevated. I mean, is that yeah, um, that how much know, how much time did it take you to get to that point where you can come full speed off of a screen and still hit a three in a game like Kansas or someplace like that? I I've always I've always picture is and you know you practice how you play so in practice you know you're more free you just lay back you just you know you're being yourself you know in the game is a little different you gotta be focused you, i mean obviously you have to be focused in practice but you gotta be more focused you know so that plan like that in practices throughout the years just doing it it became natural um, i always tell you know i always tell kids like you know you you practice how you play um I think that's like the best advice you can give someone for them to be like relaxed and, you know, and, and things like that. But um, setting your feet, I think that as long as I set my feet, as long as my body, my, my top of my body was facing and squared up with the goal, I felt like I could make it any time. Um, it just, like I said, became a natural instinct for me. Uh, to be honest with you, I probably couldn't even do that that good right now because I since I've been in Europe, 
I've been playing pick and roll, you know, uh, uh, yeah. the one position, you know, and stuff like that. So it's, I've learned so much uh, throughout the years, but uh, runoff and catching and shooting, man, I, I loved it at Iowa State. And we uh, loved watching it, trust me. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes sometime I felt like I could just close my eyes and, and it just go in. <laughs> that was so hot sometimes. That one <laughs> against Kansas, when you came, you came, you actually went out of bounds and came around to the right wing and squared up. And there was a guy that he could almost roll your ankle because he was so close to you when you jumped and you. You drained that. That was one of them that were everybody. Came, it was like going to be your third. That, is, that was relevant. That's that who was. That's who was guarding me. You probably remind yeah. him a few times of that during the game, then, right? Oh yeah, I remind a lot of people. So, <laughs> so I, people don't remember this possibly, but when you played against when you played against Notre Dame, and then we were at that game. We were at the Notre Dame game in Dayton, and then we were at uh-huh. the game in uh, against Ohio State. You were six for ten from three between those two games. And we yeah. just we absolutely torched Notre Dame, but that Notre, that Ohio State game was, you know, that was a hard game to get over, but it was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, Will Will's uh, uh, charging call obviously was a yeah. huge part of the game. Big part of the game. That was a big turnaround. They made they made a new rule about that just because of that one play. They made a rule that you can review if the guy was on the line or not, but back then you couldn't review it. So. That will that one play, of course, has to become has to be Iowa State to make the rule, and uh, yeah, it's just right. I, I, was, I couldn't have happened two years before. Right. Yeah, it was, me and my brother were sitting behind the Hoybergs family during that game, and that was uh, really that was heartbreaking because we were down like ten with five minutes left, and you just you turned it on. Chris Babb got hurt in the first right. half, yeah, and it just yeah. And then I remember Coach. we were sitting kind of by where you guys ran into the locker room, and I saw Corey after the game was over. Corey didn't – he was so mad, he took the gum out of his mouth, chucked it into the stands, and said something not so nice and ran into the, <laughs> in the locker room. And I was just as mad as he was. I mean, I think everybody was. I mean, because Kraft had the most god-awful, ugly shot and had to hit that thing in front of George to you end know, it. Yeah, that's, that, was, that was a tough time right there. Um we actually played Kraft. Me and Melvin Edge and beat him in the finals of the championship. Oh, that felt good. Yeah, him, him, and uh, him and Dustin Hogue. Oh, really? Oh, really? We beat me and Melvin Edge and beat them in the uh, the championship in Italy when he got MVP. Very good. So we we me and Melvin got uh, Aaron Kraft back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it because we had to drive. I mean, I don't know if you remember this or not, but it was a blizzard outside that day. Yes. Yes. So we had to drive back, and we got as far as Chicago, I think, and yeah. gave up and took a hotel room. But yeah, that was, we have, we have a long family history of heartbreaks. I mean, we were at we were at uh, the Hampton game when Tinsley lost when they were two seed. We were you know we can go down the list, but that's yeah. one of them that was way up there because I had him, his older brother, and then his little brother that was the one talking crap to you when we were at camp. Yeah, he, they were all with us that day, and I don't know if you know that. Now the rule is for transfers that you can for one you can transfer one school right away. You don't have to sit out. So like just imagine if your fre- your uh your first year what that team would have looked like if you all could have played in the same team. Corey Lucius, Chris Babb, Will Clyburn, Royce, you off the bench. That's just yep. that would have been that's a national t- championship. Amazing. Team. That's a national yeah. championship team. Yeah. That transfer portal has completely changed things. I mean, it's man, a lot of things have changed, isn't it? Now players can get sponsored and stuff like that, right? Yep. Yeah, 
Yeah. No issue. Are you on Cameo? What'd you say? Are you on Cameo? No, no. There's a few that because there's some guys like Tyrese Hunter, their new point guard. He's on Cameo and a few of the other guys. Oh, really? and they, get, and they get paid from that, but. Um, Brees Hall's their running back's oh. price went up considerably after he got out. So, like, yeah. do you, that one your first year? Do you have any good stories? Like, because practice had to been crazy. Because, like, you the scout team did the scout team sometimes beat you guys because they were that good, or um, you know, you know, I played on the scout team. Yeah, so I was a six man, and we won most of the games. <laughs> <laughs> we won most of the games. Um, Man, it was a good time. You know, it was a lot of good energy, positive vibes. Even when we were down, uh, we bad in the locker room. You know, somebody to step up and uh, give positive vibes and things like that. Um, I think the most important thing, Coach Fred, he believed in us a lot. So, you know, um, we didn't have a lot of pressure on us. We was just ourselves, um, you know, just focus. Um, in practices, it was loud. It was, you know, everyone talking. It was good energy, um, especially with the the with George and and then and, and Nazareth coming in. You know that that helped us out a lot uh, my senior year, um, and then my my junior year. You know I'm coming in as a JUCO player, so I was kind of new to everything. Some of these guys been there four years, you know, three years and stuff like that. So that first year was was me trying to find myself into the team because uh, I knew I was the first JUCO player Coach Fred has ever recruited. Um, so, you know, uh, I didn't want to let him down, let myself down. And, uh, so, you know, um, I think we were just a focused team and we, we enjoyed the good moments and the bad moments together. Uh, there was no selfishness. Everyone got along. We played video games against each other and, and all that type of stuff. We're always hanging out with each other. Um, it was, it was complete good vibe. It was just, uh, crazy, crazy, like. My childhood was just full of losses, and you guys just came, Royce White and you, and just like, all right, now, like, the first Kansas game where you guys beat Kansas for the first time since 2005, that was, like, a big day in my life. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're part, but he, you, you're part you're of the welcome. McLemore game, right, too? Ben, yeah. Yeah, you were part of the Ben McLemore game down there, too, right? I mean, that was just – I tell you. That I was tell another you one of those. A story about that. So, Ben McLemore hit that shot on me. And it was, what is the top of the key, left angle, off the backboard. Um, so, you know, after that game, a couple of days later, George, George, he would throw it in my face like, yeah, we won that game and somebody would have uh, defended it. I'm like, you know, joking, but it was serious, you know. Right. We joking, but we let each other know. We're keeping each other on their toes, you know. And so, um, you know, and I was like, you're right, but I contested it. I contested the best I could. It just happened to go in. So Ohio State, my senior year, he Aaron Kraft hit that shot on George. George cried like a baby in the locker room, you know. I mean, he's young and everything. Sure. I was just – I'm a more mature guy, so I was kind of just, you know, like, dang, you know, my senior year is over. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about this, you know. And uh, George, after he's done crying, you know, he comes up to me and was like, I'm sorry, I'm very sorry. And I was like – what you apologizing for me for? He was like, well, two things. Um, it's your senior year, and, you know, I gave you a hard time about Macklemore shooting that shot on me, and tonight it happened to me. So, you know, and I was like, look, man, it's okay. Like, this is basketball, you know? But it just backfired on him, you know what I sure, mean? Right. It turned around well. But, uh, George, I, I love that dude, man. He's a good kid. Yeah, did you see him and Tyrese Halliburton going at it the other night? 
Ty- no. Tyrese went off for like 35 and had hit a three fake kind of going to his right, ended up out of bounds in the corner and splashed a three right in front of when George was on him. It was pretty sweet. It was, we called it clone, <laughs> clone on clone crime. I think is what they called it. So. Clone on clone crime. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. So like you guys just had a bunch of like new people coming in each year. So like, how'd you guys mesh? so nicely down like did it take a while like was there like because like roles like you have Corey Lucius coming in he was Michigan State in the final four got Will Clyburn was like the lead guy in Utah like was it right like like, was there any like clashes at all with like roles um no because we kind of we kind of knew our role on the team um I knew that I was going to come off the bench coach Fred had personally talked to me he recruited me to be the point guard at Iowa State and he was like, man, look, we have a lot of small guards. You know, we don't have a scorer that can come off the bench. We don't have no one who can give us that fire when we need it. And I think you're going to be the perfect guy. And, you know, he told me he told me face-to-face and was like, um, you know, I don't know what he told the other guys because he had meetings with everyone. But from what he told me is, uh, you know, uh, you're going to come off the bench whether it's 15 minutes left and we're up 20 in the first half or whatever. Every 15-minute mark, you're coming in no matter what. And when you're tired, just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, and that whole two years was very, it was good for me. Um, I think with the other players, you know, they was already there for that summer. So some of them got to know each other. I came in a little late, uh, right before the school year started. And uh, so it was just a good bond. Everybody was just hard workers. You know, when you got, when you got a lot of good basketball players with you and everyone understands what's going on, that's the last thing you need to worry about, you know. Uh, just like trying to have team success and uh, and see what happens. So like your mentality, I'm guessing is every time I step on the floor, no matter who it is, I'm the best shooter by a mile. So like yeah, I, you never. I, I was out there enjoying it, you know. <laughs> I just go out there like, all right, tonight I'm the best shooter on the floor, you know, and and see what happens. I knew that I was going to get the ball. I just need to be ready because you know in basketball, if you miss about two or three times in college. You know, they're going to start passing it the other way. <laughs> so, you know, and I was, I mean, you just have to be ready. Um, I just felt like, you know, be the be the best player on the floor, you know. Um, but, you know, that right there changed. It helped me in the long run of my professional career because there's teams that I've came on and I'm not a starter. I'm a sixth man. And, you know, these coaches don't have no idea that I played two years in college as a sixth man, you know. So that right there kind of helped me. And then it gives me an advantage before I come into the game. I can watch the game for the first six, seven, eight minutes and uh, and see what happens, see what kind of defense they're doing. Hard pick, hard hedge. One second. I think someone's here at my house. That's all right. All right. I'm sorry. Right. No right. problem. I'm sorry, guys. All right. I, I hate to tell you, but I was just a little nervous. I know you're in Israel, and, mm. you know, that sometimes can be like a crazy place. I kept thinking, man, we're recording something. I hope this isn't a bad deal. I hope it's the guy you're looking for. Right, right. I uh, I knew he was coming at this time. Oh, that's right. And uh, another thing I forgot to tell y'all guys about last year, I was here and um, I had got hurt. Remember I was telling you about the elbow problem. Right. And uh, so I was out for the remainder of the season and we still had playoffs and all this. So while I was hurt, I was going to stay, but a war happened. These guys started bombing over here. Oh, yeah. And uh, – Man, I'm talking about something different. I tell you what, um, yeah, no kidding. 
when you hear this, when you hear the sirens go off, you had a minute and 27 seconds to get, take cover. If you're in your apartment, you, they have a, a safe room. All these apartments are made of like thick, thick, thick concrete. Um, you know, and uh, they got a, a, um, a safe room in every apartment, every building, everywhere you go. <laughs> um, all the windows have these blinds where it's real strong. So you got to, the protocol is to shut those windows, shut them real tight, close the glass window, you know, and, and all this stuff, get in your safe room, grab your phone charger and all that type of stuff. But um, it's different. I'm going to tell you, it's really different. Uh, it blew my mind because, you know, these people, while it's going on, these people continue their lives. Like you, you really see this going on and we're like, whoa, you know, we're in the gym having practice. Boom. We can hear it. So the manager comes in like, hey, everybody go to the safe room. We go to the safe room. So then they cancel practice. Well, at that last year when I was living in the other side of the city, uh, me and my teammate, CJ Harris, who played at Wake Forest, we were teammates last year. And uh, he lived above me in my apartment. It was just a building with my apartment on the first floor and his above. And um, those alarms would go off. So we practiced. We got fit. We're driving, everything good, alarm goes off. Everybody on the freeway, on the highway, the main highway, gets out of their cars and lay down beside the car. I'm like, no way. <laughs> Go to the house. So we drive all the way through these cars and stuff like that. We make it to our house. Like I said, these people, just normal for them. The people that was out at home, right there on the sidewalks, they was just watching it. So here they got the Iron Dome missiles. Yeah. I've watched that with my own eyes. No kidding. You can't see the rockets. You can't see the rockets that's coming into the city or into the, the country, but you can see the Iron Dome missiles tracking them down in the air, shooting them out the sky. So you got the debris and everything falling and hitting the ground and all that stuff. And it's real sandy and dry out here. So, you know, a lot of things catch on fire, like the grass fields and all that. Uh, but um, it was it was a big culture change for me, you know. But this is how they live their life over here. You know, that that happened last year hasn't happened in nine years. So I don't know what was going on. You know, a lot of stuff was going on, but it was just a bad time. No kidding. It was a really bad time. So, um, you know, these Israeli guys on my team, I like them. They're all cool people. Um, I could say that Israel is the closest to America you can get overseas. I will say that for sure. You got a lot of American, you got Americans, you got Jewish Americans. Everyone speaks English really good. All the people, um, you don't have to worry about language barrier. Uh, a lot of diverse people from different countries. Uh, it's an amazing thing to see. You're right here by the beach. The weather's always good. Um, it's it's relaxed. You know, they they every basketball channel here, how they do it is you get to watch every game of your own in the league and the NBA channels because they got a couple of Israeli guys that's in the NBA, so they want all the people to watch and things like that. Um, it's a very expensive place very expensive and uh you know i eat at home <laughs> <laughs> man that had to be i mean i can't imagine how eye-opening of an experience that had to be i mean hearing bombs go off i mean that's it's, it's at one a, point we were in our our safe rooms for about two hours dang it went on for it went on for four days yeah four days straight Wow. I mean, you did grow up in Oklahoma, so you had a lot of tornadoes probably, but the, I yeah. mean, it's not the same thing. That's but like, not even close. Not, no, not the same thing. Not no. even close. Um, 
And then, you know, we, I got videos and stuff on my other phone. Um, it, it was just crazy because their mentality completely changed when this happened. They went from nice people, you know, to, hey, we're ready to do whatever we got to right. do. You know what I mean? And I'm looking at these guys like, whoa. <laughs> like, they were mad at us because um, the Americans, there's, it was 98 Americans in the basketball league here. So uh, all of us got together and made a group text. We got together. Someone wrote a letter to the, the Winners League Federation here, you know, to whom this may concern, blah, 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 blah. You know, and they was like, okay, either you can go home or you can stay here and we can move the team to play at the end of the country, like a lot, another area. And players was like, no, most, some stayed, some left. For me, it was a difficult situation. I was hurt. I couldn't play. There was no point for me being here. You know, I was like, I, I can't play anymore. Uh, my wife is not liking what's going on anyway, you know, so I can't be, you know, watching her being nervous every move because the first night it happened, uh, I was playing the video game and I played Call of Duty Warzone. Oh, boy. A lot. This, you're, and, getting uh, the li- you're getting the live version. That's kind of ironic. <laughs> oh, my God. And the thing about it, I was talking to my friends as I'm playing. And the next thing I know, I look to my right. My wife comes running there in defensive stance. Her eyes were big. I had my headphones on. I couldn't hear. I took them off. I hear the sirens going off and the bombing. You can hear from miles away, the vibration, all that stuff. And that was the first night. And I was like, hey, guys, I got to get off. This bombing is here. So, like, when the bomb is near, the alarms go off in that certain area, not over the whole Israel. Um, it's it's kind of – and then I got some videos, man. It looks like the 4th of July, but these are bombs. These are – that's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> the real thing. The real thing. And, you know, my agent, he's an Israeli guy. He's Israeli-American, but he lives over here. And he's my main agent, you know. And I told him, I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I got to go. Tell the club, tell, you know, everybody like, hey, you know, me as American, this ain't what we do. So this that, is not – I come over here. What you say? So, like, the number one thing you miss about the United States is safety, probably? Well, I wouldn't say safety, no. No? no, no. no? Oh, you're more safe than you are in America. Let's say that. Say that again? What you uh, say? I said, over here, you're way more safe than you are in America. And you talk about gun violence and street violence and all that type of stuff. No one over here has a gun. Right. This is the only country – that has because all the kids is mandatory for them to go to the army. Here. That's what I was going to say. I thought you had to spend some time in the military. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you see kids is like 21, 22 walking. They're walking from the bus stop to their house with the AK 47. <laughs> These are the kids who's more experienced has been in the army, whatever, you know, but you don't have to worry about those kids. They, they just mind their own business. You know, they're everywhere going to work and all this stuff. But in Europe, you don't see no one with no guns unless it's a police officer. Uh, I mean, you would have to worry about getting stabbed or something like that. Uh, you don't have to worry about gun violence or bombing anywhere else or or any of that type of stuff. It's more relaxed. It's way more relaxed. So is your, like, family over here, like, by that time, like, freaking out? Oh, man. My mom was freaking out. My mom was freaking out. Uh, I mean, everybody who knew me, I had, I had my – my European, my ex-coaches from two or three years ago, t- 
text me, write me, hey, everything okay? We see what's going on in the news here in Europe. You know, I know you're over there, blah, 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 blah. Because everybody here was just posting on the Instagram story. Obviously, you know, social media gets, it get around fast. So, um, and people was just like, you know, and we were okay. I mean, it looked bad on TV because where it was at, you know, it would look real bad. But where I was at, I was more farther out of the city because I was near the airport. So I had to, I had to take a flight at like 3.30 in the morning to get out. I flew from New York. I flew from here straight to New York, 11 hours. You and your wife together? Yeah, my wife and my dog. (laughs) So where did you go? I mean, would you go back to Oklahoma or where'd you go? Yeah, I went back to Oklahoma. I did rehab on my elbow and uh, I was home in April. Okay. I was home in April and the team continued to play and I left and enjoyed my summer. I mean, your senior year really taught you about adversity, about losing close games. Like, really, yeah, that's that's a different ball game there. Yeah, no kidding. Different ball game, different ball game. Um, this year with the Spanish team was probably the worst out of my nine years playing professional. Was probably the worst experience I've had with the club. Why do you say that? With the team. well, we got uh, you may know him. Craig, uh, Zahn Tubak played for Houston Rockets, won the NBA championship with Kaleem. Uh, uh, okay. He was the first European player to ever play in the NBA and win a championship. He played with him and Tony Kukoc is big, big friends. But uh, he was, if you go back and look back in the day, he was, he had hair. He, now he's bald headed, but the guy was like <laughs> seven foot three. But um, so this year in Spain, this guy was our coach. Um, he was so focused, so focused on defense, defense, defense. He wasn't paying attention on offense. You know, we were defending, but we wasn't scoring. And, you know, things got bad with that, with him. They fired him. 30 days, they got a new coach within the next week, the second coach. This coach hasn't coached in three years. Hasn't coached in three years, but his last years of coaching – he played. He coached one, like three best teams of the Spanish league. So we're like, okay, you know, well, we we were losing too. At one point, we won three games in a row at the beginning of the season, and we lost about ten. So, and this team that I'm playing, that I was just playing for, the Spanish team, they have won the European uh, BCL, the Basketball Champions League. They've won that two years in a row. Last year and the year before. So I go to this team. And it was a big disaster. I'm talking about unprofessional from the president down to the equipment guy. Um, It was, but the second coach, he was only there for 30 days and they fired him. (laughs) Then they brought a coach in from the, they were, they were third in the league. That coach got fired and he came to us. And then when a new coach comes in, they always want to change players. That's how it is in the, over here. So me, I'm the leading scorer of the team, you know, this, this, this. So they didn't already cut four players. They cut four players. And it was no rhythm in the team. None. You you switching three coaches in two and a half months. You cut four players in the last five months. There's no flow in the team, you know. Right. There's no flow. Right. It was more like this, like, oh, man, 
I don't know what's going to happen this game. Or I don't know what's going to happen, you know. And it was – so I'm a winner, man. I my, I have a good resume of winning. So, you know, I was like, I think it's time for me to go. Uh, that's really how it works, this business. And then this new coach come, he he released me, which is a good thing because if a team releases you, they have to pay you. That's and what I was going to ask. Leave, yeah. I have to – yeah. Yeah. So, and I was going to hang in there because I like the city. We, we made Spanish friends. My wife speaks four languages. She speaks it fluently. So, you know, she's my translator. <laughs> she helps me. <laughs> so, um, and we, it was just a good place, but bad timing for the team, you know, bad timing. And that was just last year? Uh, no, it was this year. Oh, this I was, year. Okay. I, yeah, I just arrived in Israel two days ago from. From that from situation? A, yeah. Oh wow. Situation. Okay. I didn't. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's probably by far the worst. And see, in in the professional over here, if you're the first league team, you finish either last in the league or second to last. The last two teams, the second to last and last, um, they move down to the second division. They get relegated, and they go to the second division. So in order for them to come up, they have to pay a lot of money and win the championship hmm. in the second division to come up to the first. And see, I think that's what's about to happen. This team has only been in the, the ACB, which is uh, the Spanish League. They've been in for five years now. They had a lot of success within five years. They won three championships out of five years. So I, I didn't, you know, from what I've seen of you and been around you a little bit, I mean, and I remember I came down, my daughter was disappointed. She didn't get to meet you, and I had to drag her down to the – day camp and meet you that day and you've never you act like you've never had a bad day in your life you're always smiling you're always happy how in the world did you stomach the negativity that it sounds like you're dealing with in spain i mean did you just have to go home well, and I, the way i look at it as athletes you know you got fans the fans is always gonna down you somehow it doesn't matter if you're doing good or bad uh, i've learned it but uh, I don't think people understand, like, sometimes it's not the player's fault on things and situations like this. Um, it's, profession it's, it's, it's business at the end of the day. In the NBA, yeah, they trade. They go from one, they go to another, but everybody's getting paid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Here, it's – they're going to talk – I mean, you you have to watch what you say. You have to you, – you just have to – because here they push your buttons. They push – they really push your buttons over here. When you say they, and, who's Who's they? I'm just saying European situations, you know, Fans uh, just uh, I just, I look at it, you know, I'm not a perfect person when it comes to basketball. So it's like, Hey, you know, we all make mistakes. You just got to move on to the next. And I, and I keep I, life for me is day by day. I, I couldn't tell you what I'm going to do in two days. I don't, I just go day by day with things. And, you know, I have a little girl coming, so I'm really excited, even more excited. Um, I just always been a friendly person, you know. Um, that's just how I was raised, you know. I, I like I came from a big family, and you know, I lost my father at a young age, so my mother raised us three, me and my brother and sister, and you know, I learned everything from her, and just took it with me in life. You know, I've seen very, very poor people. I've seen very bad people in critical condition. You know, living in the streets and stuff like that being in europe and seeing different things um it opens your it opens your mind and your eyes a lot 
Um, you, um, when you're over here, you're on the outside looking in on America, you know, and you see the good, the bad, <laughs> you see the good and bad as Europeans. So it's like in Europe, wherever you go, for me, it's the same thing that happens in the States, the same thing that happened over here. Uh, I mean, you got here is more things are corrupted a lot here. Um, so, you know, not everywhere, but some of your poor countries is corrupted with police. I know in Romania you get pulled over. I've never been pulled over by the police, but in Romania or anywhere. But uh, in Romania, I know that if you get pulled over by police and you're speeding real fast, you just give them about 20 to $30. <laughs> but um, happiness, I just, I'm always, I'm a positive person. I like to smile. I like to make people smile. Um, that's just been me since I was a kid. Um, I love, I mean, I put my heart and soul into anything, you know, I, I want to do and I just try to do it. Um, I just enjoy life. Take it day by day. So and if you ever seen the 30 for 30 on the Fab Five, the Michigan guys, you ever seen that 30 for 30 on ESPN? I, I, you know what? I've watched some of it, but not all of it. So there's a clip on there where Jalen Rose is talking about the high school he came from in Detroit. And he said, and I don't know if he's he's just using it as a as a description of the way it was, but he says, you know, in the games that I played in, there might be a guy standing under the basket, you know, showing his gun, saying, you know, you might want to miss this free throw. Miss this shot. Is yeah. there is there is that you've seen anything like that playing over there, or is it that? No, um, I've been called a lot of. Well, I haven't really been called a lot of names because. Everybody look at me as a good person. You know, I'm always good energy. So I've seen <laughs> the year I played in Venice and I won a championship with Mel Melvin Edgem. We got into four fights with fans, other teams. Yes, as a team. So um, <laughs> with fans, do you guys remember? Do you, yeah, mouse, fans. like the mouse in the palace situation. It's kind of like the, yeah, the Pacers going into the stand well, thing. Yeah, fans coming. Fans throwing stuff at you, calling you types of names, monkeys. And, oh, my and God. <laughs> it, it can get bad. It can get bad. Um, I can remember. Do you remember the guy that played at Wichita State? And then uh, Joe Raglan, point guard, left-hand guy. Mm, but vaguely. anyways, I'm playing against Joe Raglan in Italy. <clears throat> it's the playoffs. This is the year I won the championship. And our team and that team fans is like, ah, you know, so we have morning shoot around. This is morning shoot around. It's eight o'clock in the morning. We're, we're just now waking up, eating breakfast. We get on the bus. We go. So some of the gyms in Italy, they have coffee shops in front of them. Sometimes you got to walk through the coffee shop to go inside the gym and, you know, get ready for practice. Well, this gym had a coffee shop in the front and the back. So we go to the back entrance. I'm already the third guy in there. Well, next thing I know, I take my headphones off. Here comes the manager and says, hey, the players and the GM and the head assistant coach are fighting the fans outside. <laughs> I run out there. Melvin Edgem is fighting. I start fighting. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Man. I've heard Melvin has a, hey. has a temper. Yeah, Melvin's got a little bit of temper. That's his <laughs> reputation, right? <laughs> Yeah, Melvin, you know, he's the oldest of uh, five brothers. So, you know, uh, they're, they're not small guys either. No, I've met all right. of them. They're not small guys. So I see where he get his temper from. Um, 
But um, <laughs> and and another thing, I had a, another player on my team. He uh, we won an important game. He knew someone in the stands. He waved at the the person in the stands. The president of the opposite team was sitting in front of that person. He thought he was waving at the oh, president no. like goodbye, oh, blah blah blah. So the president gives some hand signal to some people, and and Marquez and the the fans is throwing water at him and doing this blah blah blah. And we're trying to walk through the tunnel. I grab him because he wants to go in the stands and fight. And I'm like, man, we're not gonna win this fight. We just want to fight. Let's go. You know? <laughs> and next thing I know. Five guys, I look up, I see beer just coming down on me. I grab Marquez, we go inside there, man. I was drenched in beer. No telling what else. I don't oh know. <laughs> yeah, right. I was going to say, probably something else in those bottles. Yeah. I, you know, and um, it's at the, at the end of the day, nothing really bad happened. You know, no one got injured. It's something you look back and laugh at and say, hey, you know, I've been through some situations I don't think anybody's been through. You know, you got some teams in the huge gym. They shoot the flares in the gym. And they, flares? They get a little crazy. Yeah, they get a little crazy. Oh my! God. You know, I and I grew. I'm obviously a lot older than you guys, but I when I was, I remember in Hilton. You know, they used to be able to put plastic tops on your drinks. Yeah, which they don't do that anymore. And I was there the day they decided to stop doing that because they used to have you know like a plastic cup and they'd put a plastic top on it with the straw in it and i was in yeah. hilton one day and there was a bad call and johnny Orr was was coaching and out of the stands comes flying all these plastic lids <laughs> from the cups because everybody was so mad at the refs and i thought that was bad compared to what you said that was a walk in the park yeah yeah i've experienced glass bottles thrown at us oh my yeah that's why i like uh during games they had the benches with the plastic bang over the back of the bench it goes oh. over the head. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you won't get hit back in your head. Good Lord. So I'm going to ask yeah. you probably an impossible question. So, like, let's just say a starting five just from Iowa State players that play overseas. If you had to pick five to win a title, who would you pick? Yeah. Obviously, you're players right. that play overseas? Yeah, right now. With me? From Iowa State? Yep, just Iowa State. Hmm. I would take Will Clyburn. Melvin Edgem, myself, that's three. Uh, George, um, and Monty and Monty Morris. Does DeAndre still play over there? Uh, you, you know, DeAndre played in the past two years. I don't, I don't think. Okay. I, to be honest, I have not heard anything from him. Uh, I've seen him last summer. Okay. I was playing a TBT and I right. seen him. Yeah. You like that five? Yeah, I think it'd be pretty nice. I think you'd be all right. Yeah. So yeah, I'll just come off the bench if I have to. <laughs> did you did you have a stint in the summer league with the with the Warriors too? Say time? that again? Didn't you have a didn't you have a short stint with the Warriors in summer league? Or am I not uh, remembering yeah, that? Right? I, played, I played in the summer league with them. Um uh, it was a very fun time. It's a very fun time. That's when uh, Kerr just got the coaching job there, so he wanted to be the coach in the summer league. So did you and uh, Steph Curry ever play horse or anything? That's in Vegas too, right? Uh, no, nah, he wasn't He wasn't around. Oh, okay. Uh, Draymond Green was around. I know Draymond because of Corey Lucius. Them oh, two sure. went to college together. Yeah. They, um, 
who else was in there? Aaron Kraft. Um, Kraft's still not playing anymore, is he? I think he's he done. No, he actually he actually retired last year because he's going to be a doctor. Yeah, I know. I thought he was going to med school. Yeah. Yep. So like the what I remember at your senior year is like there's one center that Norvell Pell. Do you remember him at all? That almost was on our team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just watching his highlights. I'm not sure why he didn't. We didn't get him because, like, he just went to D League after that. I'm not sure if he couldn't make grades or not, but just looking at if we were just missing like a centerpiece, just like and like if Royce stayed one more year, it's right. Just, if, right. If, if I don't think if Royce just went off in the tournament, I think Royce would have been back. And it's just there's so many. What he would have killed. He would have definitely killed it that next year because there's oh, so yeah. many shooters. It's just like man. Yeah. See, and that's why that's why Coach Fred had guys like. Uh, Anthony Booker and all those guys that can run the floor, bigs that can run, shoot, you know. Uh, I love Coach Fred style, obviously. I was very good at it. Uh, I I mean, I don't think I would change any of the players that came through there and played with me. Um, I think we had a wonderful time. I think that was the beginning of the, the trend for Iowa State. Um, we put them on the map and the guys finished it off, you know. Uh, George and Monty and, and Naz and all those guys and DeAndre and Melvin because I graduated a year before Melvin and um, I think uh, Iowa State have been doing very good since then um, I know TJ's got that, that place fired up right now um, it's his first year isn't it yes yeah. it is yeah yeah yeah. because uh, the last time before I talked to TJ he was at what UNLV Correct. I think. Yeah. Yep. And um he was recruiting um an Italian kid and I was playing in Italy and uh the coach of that team happened to be the trainer of that Italian kid. So I connected them to, you know, and but I, obviously I don't think they even got the kid, but you know, I talk I talked to um uh, uh um oh man, I know so many names. I can't even think right now. Um, I talk to Jeff, the trainer, all the time that's still there at Iowa State. Like I said, I don't know all the new people that's there, the new assistant coaches. I just know TJ as a coach. And uh, Michael, Micah, he's a development guy. Michael Byers. I talk to him on Twitter a lot. I tell you, I talk to Coach Fred to this day. It's not working out so good in Nebraska for a coach. Yeah. I talk to Coach Fred. I talk to his mother. She writes me on Facebook all the time. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, Coach Fred texts me every once in a while, see how I'm doing. I do the same to him. Um, yeah, we, we stay in touch. We stay in touch. So what about Ty- – didn't Tyler Shaw, isn't he the one that brought you up to camp that one day and then his car broke down when he brought you to – remember that? Didn't Wasn't that the guy that, that he – No. Who, what manager brought you up? Kurt Benjamin? Oh, whoa, you said when he, Tyler. Tyler, yeah. Yeah, when you yeah, came yeah, up yeah. to my camp, you came, didn't Tyler bring oh, you? Yes. And his car broke yes, down. We yes. had to get you back to Ames somehow. And I spent a week <laughs> trying to get Tyler's car fixed. Now, you're asking him something happened 10 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I mean, because I still kind of keep track of Tyler, too, on social media, and he's married with a baby uh, now and everything, too. So, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah we, we really appreciate you coming out. It's nice to see, like, it's been, it feels like yesterday we were here and eating, reading supper together and, it was just, uh, yep. it's just time flies. It up. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. To watch your highlights. I mean, if anybody just likes shooting, 
they can just go to YouTube and search your highlights. And that Kansas game, you know, the, the cool thing about the YouTube is the Kansas one, they've got it on there with no announcers. So you can watch your really? highlights with only crowd noise. That is cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he's yeah. right. Every when you when you squared up, everybody's kind of takes an inhale and and stands up because they know it's probably going in, and that's that. Those are a lot of fun. But, well, I, and if I, you if you, I, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I, I've watched those highlights a thousand. <laughs> and uh, if you look, if you look and look at the bench of the players, awesome Macbeth, he's already up dancing. Everyone else is up dancing. They already knew, you know, I was going to make the shot. But it was a special team. It was magic, you know. It was like, man, we just – we all glued together. So I was going to ask before we cut, before we ended here, how, what's the most threes you've ever made in one, one game in, in your career? High school, college? Uh, I made – man, I've made – in Europe, I've made seven in one game and nine in high school. Okay. Yeah, and it wasn't easy. Was yeah, I was gonna was say you weren't open. Yeah, you weren't playing horse. Oh, at the half court, I was at the volleyball line shooting <laughs> step back. Yeah, <laughs> I, me and you can relate on that. When I was in high school, because when whenever the shooter, like what, what, especially around here, there's not a lot of consistent three point shooters, and what and I'd watch yeah. whenever I was in a shooting funk, I just watched what the the video you're talking about. You've seen a thousand times just to get my mind right, so that I can right. Yeah, yeah, and for me, it's like now I'm 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 gonna be 31 in two months. Uh, I've been setting. I haven't played in two weeks because mm. you know I traveled and I left the team. I had to move everything, pack it here, blah 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 blah. So you know my body is ready, but I gotta make sure my shot is more ready. Right. That's the most important thing. I feel like I can play out of breath, you know, not no game shape, but as long as I'm ready to. To shoot it, I don't think it matters at that point. Yeah. So, you know, and for me, it's like I always go back to my fundamentals all the time. I don't think nowadays a lot of people don't. It is The mental is a very important thing. has to be strong. Yeah, it has right. to be strong, especially playing, especially playing in Europe. Everybody's trying to get theirs. You know, coaches and stuff realize, like, okay, this kid, he's kind of individual player. They give you a chance sometimes if – Around December, January, that's when they start releasing players mm. and bringing in new players and trying to find their team. So you get you get a small window, you know, and if you mess up two or three times in a row, team's going to be like, okay, he's been cut from this team, cut from this team, cut from this team. You got to be consistent. You got to be consistent. And keep those fundamentals. Yeah, I tell, his little, <laughs> I tell his little brother, he told you he's a junior in high school, that uh, and he's shooting the ball pretty well right now too, and – and I tell him, I said, man, if you don't think it's going to go in, it ain't going in. I mean, it's the, yeah. the shooting part of that is such a mental part of it. Cause yes, a good shooter has a bad memory. That's right. That's right. That's the beauty of basketball, too, though. I mean, it's not like football where you play once a week. You got to wait a week. I mean, you can have a bad night on right. Tuesday. You're playing again in a few days, and you can get over it pretty fast. Exactly. Well, Tyrus, yep. I really, we really appreciate you making time. Be safe in Israel no and good luck with the right. baby. That's exciting. Um, um, you know, when you have a daughter, trust me, I've got three mm -hmm. boys and a daughter, and that daughter is the one that changes your mentality about things in a hurry. So um, I, I'm hoping everything goes well. <laughs> sounds like sounds like you married somebody with a similar personality to you. We Loving your TikToks. You're coming out with some new ones. Seems like you're getting a little more into that too. 
So that's pretty cool. Also. Yeah, you know, that was just a boring stage right there. I think I'm <laughs> quiet down a little bit, focus on this basketball. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, it was good talking to you guys. Uh, God bless and stay safe. And uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Sounds good, Tyrus. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. See you. Good night. See ya.